good. Let's hope that Craig doesn't go out for a coffee again or a tea and that yeah. uh, everything works, right? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Talk, a podcast about the mechanical keyboard hobby and what makes it split. My guest this episode is a mechanical keyboard enthusiast, part of a gang that likes to use less keys than normal, has designed his own keyboard and took upon himself to organize a meetup given he did not have a chance to attend one. Obosab, welcome to The Talk. Hello, thank you for having me. No worries, man. Thank you for being here. So, as you are aware, uh, we always start with the most cheesy question of them all, but it is what it is. So, what got you into the mechanical keyboard hobby to start with? Um, yeah, so I got, I somehow got tipped off to the subreddit. I don't remember how anymore, but I started looking at it. And standard, those are all pretty. Um, having a look at it, I really turned it took a shining to the look of the smaller keyboards already from the very beginning. Mm. Um, I had my eyes on some, a lot of the sixty percents and things like that. So, um, yeah, so I then, you know, kept browsing that and thought, I really want to get a 60% mechanical keyboard. And obviously the Poker 2 was around at that point, and I kind of wanted to get that, but I wasn't sure. I was a bit of kind of like, do I buy this thing? It's like 90 quid. How much? That's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> back in the like day, everyone... when I thought that was a lot yes. of money. Um, and, yeah, so then I just, I kind of sat on that for a while, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to, figure out if, if i could i was like can i do without the keys because of course before this i was used to full size 100 percent rubber dome how can i how can i live without yeah all so these keys right i used linux home and work um so i went into x input and edited my x input to just disable all the keys that weren't that block and i actually built effectively layers in software for doing arrow keys, F keys, things like that. Um, and recreated, I just recreated from the poker manual, the poker layout with its with its layers, um, well, with its one layer, with its functional layer. Um, and I typed on that for a few weeks and thought, yeah, I could really get into this. So I went ahead and pulled the trigger on that and bought a poker two. Hmm. Um, and I ran that for some time and I bought blank DSA keycaps from Signature Plastics because I wanted to look, you know, cool. Yeah. Um, and they were expensive, and then taxes were expensive, and all those things. And I kind of used that for a long time, um, and carried on browsing the community and chatting in the community, um, looking at the keycap sets and not buying them. Um, so this was yeah. so when was this? It would have been in two thousand and twelve ish when I bought it. I think end of two thousand and twelve, maybe beginning two thousand and thirteen, um, and. So I think at the time, like, so the the whole thing with GMK having millions of group buys every five minutes wasn't really a thing at that point. Exactly. I think the main custom sets were coming out of Signature Plastics um, at the time, but I didn't have the money for any of those sets, so I ended up buying some blanks just as is. Um, so that also meant that I then learned to touch type quite well because I suddenly had to take away, I took away the option to, to see to the letters, to... so I had to learn... Yeah by heart where things were that improved my typing quite a bit as it was because um, i type badly on a regular stack of board um so yeah we'll get, we'll I, get i'm still yeah, yeah i'm still very much if i type on a on a, a regular board i'm very 
I my hands dart around the keyboard and I've got two or three fingers, but I was I, it you might used to be a lot worse, a lot more hunt and pecky. Uh, and now I and then I with blanks that kind of helped to teach me to type a little bit closer properly. Do you touch type in the you know, and I hate this term in the traditional way? way? Yeah. Not or... not quite, although I got closer okay. by doing that. By using ranks, I got a little bit closer to it than I've already had been before. Um, did you ever? Did you ever go into one of those websites to teach you I how to touch I've always type? Tried. Like I tried in school. They gave they got us on Mavis Beacon, but I could never really do it. Um, yeah. Which is kind of interesting. So then, yeah. So a couple. I think it was a couple of years later. It would have been. It's only about a year ago from now, maybe a year and a half at this point. Um, when I actually got into. Um, when, I, when I bought, uh, I, so I'd been seeing, I'd been looking a lot and thought I really liked the look of the plank and okay. things like that. Ortho. But again, it's it's money that I didn't necessarily have to spend, didn't want to have to justify and things like that. And then, like the day before the group buy closed for it, I saw the Contra, if you remember the Contra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Formerly the Dank, which is like, it was like a 30 euro ortholinear 12 by 4 for kit um with just it was just a uh, fr4 pcb material um sandwich board and so i bought one of those because i thought this looks really cool i really want to try it i like the smallness of it um so then that came and i built that with uh i've decided i should try some clickies so i went with click jacket um, oh jesus christ clickies. <laughs> yeah well so i thought i want i wanted to try them anyway and uh <laughs> I, so I went with Gator on Greens. I'd been on MX Browns on the poker. Um, I quite liked the tactile, but wanted to try other things. Um, and, you, and you went with, with Greens, which I are went like... With greens, which are heavier, because I thought, let's try heavier. Very heavy. Yeah, very mm-hmm. heavy. Yeah. And I hated them. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it all, I quite like the sound. And the actually, sound people around me in the yeah. office liked the sounds. People were like, that sounds really cool to listen to. But I hated typing on it. Oh. I hated the hysteresis of when you try to double press a letter or something, and you don't bring the switch all the way to the top, and you press it down again. But because it doesn't deactuate until right near the top, and yes. it doesn't actuate until halfway down. So it's like, I just found that so hard to work with, and yeah, I don't do click jackets. It's funny, um, it's funny, you, mentioned, it's funny you mentioned that people in the office liked clickies because they did i mean everyone around me was actually like this sounds really cool to listen to you know just to have in the background it's like okay not normal right we have a lot of yeah i was worried that people would complain and they never complained that's cool that's cool so this is one of the myths i think actually around it um which was is that people were like oh you can't use loud keyboards in the office no one will like you um but actually i don't think people well you know just test it out with your own colleagues you know they might like it or yeah they might not. correct correct now from there when did you decide that you well when you did you realize that you had taken the red pill and that you had gone really really into the deep rabbit hole that we're all in now i think it was then when i so from the back of that i was like oh this ortho is interesting again it taught me to type even better because i had to relearn where all the keys were because ortho change is quite different yes um and I thought I wanted to try a split, so I bought. So I went on Kibio, the the place for split keyboards. Correct. Uh, uh, I think it was twenty eighteen, maybe twenty, um, and maybe even early twenty nineteen at this point. Um, 
and I bought myself two. I bought myself a Levinson, which is the kind of let's split. So it's another ortho, <clears throat> four yep. by twelve split in half. Um, and I bought a um, iris. Okay. With and, the number iris, row. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I built those, and I built them with zelios, zeal, purple zelios. Okay, tactile. Still. Tactile. Really, so I went back to tactile. Yeah. Um, and. I quite like them, um, although they were very expensive, and they still have things like spring ping and things, which, of course, in an aluminium plate with a, you know, sandwich case design, is really quite loud and not the okay. nicest of sounds. I find. Now, um, take take on that, right? Because mm. I, I've I've never had Zilios. You know, a lot of people speak about them. I've never had them because I I just find that the price is a bit high. Uh, what would you? say that it is a good tactile you know in terms i think of... they're a good tactile i don't think they're worth the money though okay. i think that i've also got boards with since with um t1s duroc t1s which are a mm -hmm. fraction of the price and they're they're good as well and they don't have the same amount of things like spring ping that are in the the, the zelios um and honestly for the price the fact that they ping as much as they do especially the silent ones That's curious. It's yeah. kind of a bit, you know, you're kind of thinking you're getting a premium switch at that price, which, you yeah, know, yeah, true. When true. you then, have you know, it, it, it's one of those those things, it. right? It's one of those things, and again, nothing against deal, nothing against uh, no. any brand, but being objective, right, is that, you know, at least for me, and we've seen this even with GMK sets, etc., is that if you're charging a certain premium, you expect them to be you know, a certain way, right? You expect yeah. them to be, you know, if you're spending more than the regular, uh, let's say, like Gatron yellows that you spend, what, uh, 13... 30 uh, cents each or something yeah, like that. 30 cents yeah, or 25 cents, then you expect them to be uh, at a higher level. We know that, you know, diminishing return laws, etc. but still, you know, something yeah. that we, we think about, right? Yeah, I think there are some problems with those that are, yeah. that are kind of, they, they don't justify the price. On that note, so what are you currently typing on? So I'm currently actually typing on a Ferris sweep um, with 20 gram or maybe 25 gram um, kale light blue. Oh, well, not light blue, kale. They're, the, they're also dubbed G-chocks because um, German okay. G-boards got them produced. So they're a 25 gram linear. So basically, switch, low profile switch. So you basically type by blowing on them. That's basically not what it is. quite on these ones. Those are the 10 grams. Those are the ones that you can blow on. <laughs> Sneeze and you type something. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> but no, so they are really, really light. I wanted to try them because I wanted to try out in earnest um, cording um, for doing stuff and QK combos. Um, and I thought I'd give them a go. Um, so yeah, I've been running. I've been typing on this now probably most days for about a month or so. Okay. Um, so this is a board that's inspired by the Ferris by Pierre, um, who people in the split community will probably know. He's a French guy, lives in London. Okay, guys. And... Just FYI, guys, if you're not picking up any of it this is a totally different world uh for us all are us plebs with regular staggered boards this is a whole new world with a whole new thing so 
you just keep on listening because you know it is what it is but yeah yeah and then this is a this is an adaption of the the, the ferris design with the, to take a pro micro because the ferris is an onboard thing and it's it's done by um our friend uh i am not your broom here in the uk who oh is, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah so he has designed this and it uses no diodes because it has 34 switches which gives you just enough because each half is then 17 which gives you just enough um pins on the pro micro to go without diodes altogether very curious very curious a very interesting build because it takes yeah. you about 15 minutes tops because you just solder in pro micro solder on switches trs jack and you're done done yeah. um, it's a really nice little board. Really enjoy it. Um, yeah. Uh, so on that note, and again, I guess from all your answers, we already know that answer. But mm -hmm. do you even small? What I is your small. favorite? What is your favorite layout then? Or, or even on on the on the split uh, side, what is your favorite layout in, uh, at the moment, at least? So I, if you'd asked me about a month ago, it was a thirty-six keys, and you can't beat it. So that's 15 per hand. That is th three rows by six, you know, by five columns per hand, and then three thumb keys um, would be what I would say it would be my perfect layout. Um, <clears throat> which in the split world, we start, we've started taking to talking about kind of the general idea of the layout by um, by that metric. So you kind of look at one hand and you do. Um, rows by columns plus thumbs so that that would be what you would call a three by five plus three um, okay. various sweeps that i'm typing on at the moment is a three plus three times five plus four plus two mm -hmm. even sorry um and that's pretty good so my favorite i've completely forsaken the the pinky the second pinky column um i don't i don't even know what i'd do with it anymore um so i think yeah five columns is where i'm at at the moment and two or three thumb keys per hand um it's so i'd small yeah, you do small yes yeah. i do now small. the next question typical question but i guess it's a bit different on, on your world inverted commas right but the, do you like them stiff or do you like them wiggly right what would be um it's very complicated, obviously, in in the in that world of the split keyboards because you don't have that many options. But um, if you would say that if you could do, let's let's put it, the question a different way. If you could do um, a case for that keyboard, would you prefer to have it like a uh, you know a bottom mount, a, a gasket mount? What would you say would be the good one? I think I'd really like to try a gasket mounted split. Um, I think part of the problem, so I actually agree, I think I probably like them wiggly. So I like, I think I do like it when there's a little bit of give going on and things bend a little bit. Um, because as I say, with the kind of the Iris and the Levinson that I had before, those were aluminium plates of like 1.5 mil mm -hmm. and then um, some an acrylic sandwich in the middle and they are stiff. and and I, when I switched, I think when I the, when I switched to the Kyria that I have, um, that's an acrylic sound, layered case. Okay. And I really like the, the both the feel and the sound of that compared to um, compared to a, uh, a kind of a aluminium or a steel. I, I much prefer. So I think it it still doesn't have that much gear. I think one of the problems with small split keyboards is that you can't really get 
if you're into flex, as it were, um, you you can't get a lot over that kind of distance. Correct. Yeah, because, because you of, just of, of you're gonna it's mounted itself, yeah. only ten mil away from each other on each side or something like that. So you can yeah. you never really get that much. But I do think I prefer some some give to just a really harsh bottom out. Um, definitely. And yeah, cases are optional in in this world. I think. Yes, you can. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you, you mm-hmm. have uh, a lot of uh, splits which are just PCB and bottom. Which is the one it. I'm talking about at the moment. It's just PCB and shocks on top of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. Now, next question. Also, very easy to answer, I believe. But again, ergo, what, bro? So, <laughs> what are the limits of the ergonomics now? You go. Fl- I we know that you go splur, go split. But would you go into working into the stuff like genies, which have ten keys yes. corded stuff like I that? I have one. I have a genie. I in fact helped to write the firmware for genie. <laughs> um, so um, because Germ, basically, so Germ is a friend of Gboard's. Um, we speak a lot. Um, and he um, he produced the Ginny. He came up. He's, he found a set Neop online, which is this. Um, it's originally a it's a cording layout designed for like tablets, okay. So that you can touch type on a tablet. So it's got ten keys, one per finger, foot, you know, eight alphas, shift and space, and then you cord everything from there. Um, you know, so that there are eight letters that you get direct access to and then all the other letters have a chord up to two and then there are words that you can chord with more than two fingers at once um and then special keys and things like that that you can chord up like so and- so for us mere plebs and for the beginners out there but is this something like a stenography idea something like that similar ish to stenography stenography is it's kind of its own beast but yes it's cording which is pressing multiple keys at once to get some different output is um it's not stenography because it's not the same um i could go into what stenography is maybe in a bit <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting topic as well um but yeah so the Ginny. Yeah, and the germ couldn't use it at all. So he wrote the basic firmware to go with it, and he could, he couldn't use it, and therefore couldn't test it and like see if it worked. And there were some like glaring things that made it really unusable. So I helped to work out those bugs and see to it. So I think the state of the current Gini firmware is, you know, germ laid the foundations, and I kind of came along and helped to make it usable. And then there are people in the world in this world who have managed to get themselves to ungodly fast on something that's so di- so weird to type on yeah um, don't get me wrong for me it's a bind blower I, I don't know how, how you guys can do it because yeah i the thing i found about that right so i haven't been able to type on it lots but i practiced for a while and i'd like to practice some more again given some time but what i say when people ask me well what's that like to type on i um i like to say that it's actually m- easier to type on than you think okay but not as easy to type on as it needs to be. <laughs> so it's like, it's kind of crazy, but you it's actually kind of easier than it, you would think after you've been playing with it for a little while. It starts to get more intuitive. Okay. It's a very okay. interesting concept. So I do, so yeah, that's right down to 10 keys. I actually have a design in the pipeline at the moment of my own, which is, well, it's not really of my own, but it's just it's dealing a concept from a keyboard called the Bat keyboard, which mm-hmm. is a one-handed seven key Oof. keyboard so it's five, four four alphas keys and three thumb keys um so same kind of idea but just to limit it down to one hand 
Um, so that basically you can, you can browse the web and use your other hand for something else. Uh-huh. Yeah, something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. There's a, yeah, it's a commercially available keyboard, um, the bat, uh, and you can get get it in the right hand or the left hand, and yeah, yeah it's but, got but a basically, scheme. probably, probably, you know, again, it, the yeah. market would be for disabled people that that uh, you possibly know. for disabled people, possibly for other things. Yeah, I think the things I found is uh, there are you know I software engineer, so I can't easily code on something like a Ginny, but I could knock out emails with it. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's that kind of thing. If you just need to sit and you don't need speed, isn't necessarily a primary concern. Then yeah. I think they there's some quite interesting stuff there that you can do when you get into that kind of world. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Interesting. So, you know, we've been talking about the split spiritual topic for a while, and obviously, you know, we know that you are part of that gang gang, like I say. But um, you know, what got you into this type of keyboards? You you mentioned a bit before, but Uh, why do you find them so attractive and so useful? Because, you know, for mere plebs, like I say, it's very hard for us to look at that type of uh, of keyboard, especially because of the, you know, ortho. First of all, you have to to cross a lot of barriers, like ortho and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, what are the benefits you see on them compared to a regular keyboard? Regular, as in between, you know, inverted It's... commas, obviously, right? just comfort i think mostly it's just the especially splitting them right that was a revelation to me because i think it was when i went was on the contra which is basically just a plank layout even though your hands are in the same position as they would be on any keyboard because your home row position is the same right you've always got those fingers they're about two you two you apart from the index finger to the index finger um but you know with them on the right and, and that's quite cramped you're kind of putting your hand right into the middle of your body and then crocking your wrists straight again yeah and i noticed more when i was on that because there is even less real estate around it you can't like rest your key hands to the sides you kind of you feel really cramped and as soon as i went for, even for elevenson which is a split grid also i was just like wait a minute i can do this and it just feels more comfortable to have them apart And be able to adjust them as throughout your day, you know, just move it slightly, move one hand slightly if you slightly adjusted your seating position and you just kind of, it just gives you a lot more freedom in that regard, I think. And it's, yeah, I just can't go back to them, I, you know, which is what, you know, there's a meme, I guess, inside the <laughs> inside the, the split community, which is rectangles bad. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't matter how nice and pretty and low you know of various keyboards are in that space because there are a lot you look on rmk and there are just some really beautiful keyboards Correct. with some really yeah. interesting designs but they just don't make me want to buy them anymore <laughs> you know yeah, there were points sense. where it would have made me like oh no i need to buy that i just i'm just like but i couldn't use it anymore i just feel like i've just been spoiled by uh, by splits that i just need to have a split at the very least and probably something with a column stagger um ideally uh and it's, yeah i think it's just one of the things and i just get really i'm really into it's just made what so i think what interests me was that and then i got sucked in so i bought some kits off of danny from kibio and really liked those and then then you just keep seeing all these things and there's so much kind of innovation and change because you've kind of thrown the rule book out 
this is yeah. you know where the genie comes in and where the steno keyboards come in and he's, Correct. he's throwing the yeah. rule book out about how you're supposed to design it you know you haven't got your full size tkl 75 percent, 65 percent, 60 you know you've just got you know go wild yeah, exactly and there, yeah. the, there's, there's, there's no constraints anymore yeah there's a new design every week that someone comes out with it's just just like how did that even come to your head? And some of them are crazy and I still don't even think I could type on them. And, you know, some of them look really cool. Um, and some of them are like iteration on a theme and uh, doing interesting things with the thumbs, doing interesting things with multiple planes or dishing. So like things like the dactyls and the dactyl manuforms and yeah. those kinds of things. Um, and, there's, it seems like there's a lot more innovation going on. You know, that is, it's just a lot more novelty, which makes I think, sense. you know, yeah, makes sense. Um, that, that really kind of, it's con we're constantly trying to do things. And then there's the low profile thing going on and people are trying to go lower and lower. And there's light springs because, you know, not needing to press as hard. So that's supposedly potentially more ergo. And there's, yeah, it's just, a really interesting space that's always kind of changing and it's and you can buy you're never buying the same thing twice pretty much anyone that would be interested in in in, in joining that gang or at least starting to test it out right mm -hmm. from your experience do you think that it has a you know a big learning curve from your regular you know layout uh, you know especially if, if i come from a place where i just use the 100 percent let's say or tkls um any tips or advices that you would like to give people as, you know, how, how long would it have taken you to start really using, you know, one of those split keyboards uh, to its, you know, to your best uh, ability? Let's, let's say it this way. I think it's, it's less of a learning curve and more of a learning wall. Okay. It's just, it's a very steep start. Okay. Basically. Makes sense. But once you get over the hump, it just gets, it's, it, you get past it so i think the one of the yeah so i mean going to also helped get there part of the way and then splitting it one of the things that splitting it does is it stops you moving your hand halfway across the keyboard to hit something on the other side um which i know you've mentioned you know you fall into the middle of space when you're trying to type on the danny's sink Correct. um yeah, yeah because you go to hit y with the wrong hand or something or b yeah um yeah and it kind of forces you to just not and when you do it for if you just do it for i guess i reckon i was probably used to a, a split in about a week where i could just type on it as if nothing had happened but did it take like a investment as in you know did it take something like you going no i am going to use this that's it yes. i don't care you have to yeah. do that you have what you i found to, is right? you can't leave yourself a crutch mm -hmm. you've got to put away anything else that might let you give in and try something else and just use it for a week or so and then you'll get used to it I, it's you but you just force yourself to do it i think yeah it makes you know, sense it's not like it's a chore because i think it's really nice when you get there but of course at the beginning you know even just going to also, very z is in the, the wrong beginning. place yeah right z is normally 1.275 u away from a normally you know across yeah. and it's yeah. not on an auto keyboard it's right directly below a and that's the biggest change i found was going down to the z next and c and things oh, cool. like that those are in the wrong spot um from going from a normal regular stagger um but yeah there, so there is a learning curve but i think once you've got there it's quite worth it and i think from there 
my kind of elasticity of my being able to go and just hop around onto something else is better. I can kind of I can lay out jump a lot more now. Um, but I still, if I go, if I type on my laptop keyboard because I don't have a keyboard to hand, then you miss, you get messed. I'm up. back in. I'm, well, I know I'm just back in two or three fingers per hand mode. Oh, I see. Jumping around the yeah. Key, yeah, yeah. I just it it's just weird. Um, and it's not, but I can you know I can still type on them. I don't kind of completely lose the muscle memory. It's just that you find I find it really kind of odd. Um, yeah. So yeah, we and again. If people have heard me before, they know that I have a big place in my heart for those all of those type of boards because I love building and I love that, you know, these type of boards are more complex to build, let's say it that way, or at least take more work to build. Not that they're more complex, but they do take a little bit more effort to build and they're more gratifying. But the access to this type of keyboard for the, you know, for the regular community is much harder, especially because of that, because you either have to build it yourself or have someone build it for you because if you're not experienced enough, it is complex. Uh, do you think yeah. that um, you know that takes out a lot of the people that could probably try it and and join the dark side of the Splurgle gang? But you know, would you say that this is also a detractment from a lot of people trying it? I think it's a it's a bit of both. I think you're you're right. Definitely, accessibility is lower. You don't have everything no one very few people are producing them ready-made you've got the ergodox which you can buy from a, easy the ergodox easy which yeah. you can just buy uh Falbotech does some pre-builds which are built to order so they're expensive and take time but they exist um so like the, he does a redox and a few other things like that um <clears throat> which are good um and but yes it's Ultimately, if you really want to explore the space, you're gonna to have to buy a soldering iron, and you're gonna to have to do it that way. And I think if it, the the really complicated ones are things like when you've got perky RGB and you have to solder the perky RGB lights because they're like on the corn, um, which is they're an absolute dog um, yeah. to, to to do. The ones on something like the Kyria, which are just underneath, aren't too bad. The surface mount, they're fine. It's when they're Effectively, if you don't know how the perky RGB works, is it's like it's an upward facing. Yeah. So you're mounting it into a hole as opposed to mounting it onto the surface, Correct. and just using a solder bridge across from one pad from the pad to the thing, and they're a, they're a complete dog to do. But you don't have to have that if you don't like the flashy lights, which I'm not overly into the. Flash. I, I like a bit of underglow, but I'm not. I can't be bothered most of the time with perky. That, that was so, one of the things I was going to say is that you know. The corns, you don't really need to add the LEDs. They still work and they just work without it, mm -hmm. right? But but yeah, if you want to add the LEDs, and I have a very funny story about that, is that my first corn that I built, you know, I went and I, you know, soldered all the LEDs. Everything was perfect. The LEDs were perfectly soldered. I plug in the board, nothing happens, and it gets really hot. And I remember talking to to to, you know, one of the people we know, and and saying, hey, I'm having this issue. It's starting to to you know when I plug in the USB, it just gets hot. And his own qu first que first answer was, oh. And then of course I had soldered all of the LEDs the inverted way. Yeah, wrong so, orientation. Yeah, mm -hmm. wrong orientation. So it's a big learning, you know, it's a it's a big learning thing for that because you know you just if you miss that, then 
then yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think the point is that that's sort of the thing I've found. I've sat in the help channel for Split KB a lot, um, especially early on for him with the Kyria, because <clears throat> um, I really liked the Kyria. I got in on it on in one of the alpha versions for testing. Um, and as long as you don't rush, sit down, have a decent enough iron. It doesn't even need to be very good. Just, you know, temperature controlled is helpful. Correct. Um, then you could you just sit down and you actually read the guide and probably read ahead so you know what you're doing. Um, and if, they, if you don't understand what something says in the guide, make sure you work it out. Because I think all of the issues I've seen with people with building them is that they've forgotten something crucial. Um, yeah. That that you that is in there you just have to have actually read it and checked and just taken your time and not rushed um i think soldering is actually a lot easier than people want i think partly it's easier than people want to admit that it is because people want to feel like they've achieved something which you have because it is kind of cool still but there's a certain amount i think that people who have built boards especially if they're a bit more complicated kind of a enjoy the elitism of being like you know i did this I totally really agree. difficult thing you know i, told, I totally um, agree on, and on actually you. it's not that difficult it's actually yeah. quite easy as long as yeah. you just take your time get some good solder get a good iron get some flux that's it you know when people ask me what are the, what is the best uh, you know tip you can give someone that wants to solder my first tip is always get proper solder that's basically mm -hmm. one of the big points that i i, I always tell everyone like you said flux especially for these type yeah. of boards where, you know, there's a lot of uh, very small components, etc. It really helps. But for me, from my experience, the thing that, you know, completely changed the, 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 experiencing, uh, the experience of soldering was the quality of the solder. And, yeah. you know, people might look at, you know, some solder and say, oh, but this is like $25 for this solder. Well, I can buy this one from amazon or ebay which is like five yes but there's a difference to it and you know you will appreciate that and uh and the other thing where you were saying which which i find very important is that is you know it's not that hard to do and yeah people might think that it's a very daunting task you know when i i had never sold it before i, I did my first board right and and yes i had that thing of oh it's probably hard but then you do it and you realize oh no you know, it's actually not that hard to do. Is it scary to build a discipline with all the components, not even being sure when you plug it the first time if it works? Yes, it is. But, you know, it's not hard at all to solder. It's just a question of, you know, if you're not comfortable enough at the beginning, you just get a new, you know, you just get a, a testing PCB, something like that, that you can test, but it's not hard. And like you no. say, there's a lot of people that want to make it sound harder than it is maybe because they want to flex that they can do it but hey you know i advise everyone that wants to try it to try it like you said the only thing you need is actually just a temper temperature controlled iron which doesn't even need to be this expensive 200 100 dollar iron you can buy one from amazon for 15 you know dollars that yeah. has a little you know uh temperature controlled thing yes is it it's not exact it's not but you know, this is one of the basic things. But everyone should try it because it's a skill that you gain for life. It, it, it and also, doesn't really... Think... Go ahead. Yeah, one thing I was going to say is actually that the one thing I haven't even done myself yet is surface-mounted controllers. I've not soldered a like an Atmega chip. Like before. me. Yeah, I haven't tried mm -hmm. it yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
but I've done other, you know, simple surface mount like diodes and things which are actually really quite easy. Um, but the interesting thing is, is I, I'm daunted by that. And yet we have a mutual friend uh, who I know for a fact has soldered with a non-temperature controlled iron with a chisel tip <laughs> and yes. at mega onto their board that they designed. And it's flawless and perfect and works. And it's like, so it, in fact, if anything, again, it was the quality of their solder that that was that had made that a, a, a possibility. It's just a case of a bit of solder, a bit of flux, yeah. flow the stuff, and it works. Um, and you can always reflow. And it's quite hard to mess up. Eventually you do, if you keep going with rework and things. Eventually it will... Yeah, if, if you don't have to... You'll the, burn something eventually. Yeah. You just have to have that, that idea of... Of temperature, right? That you cannot just stay there with the iron on the same spot. Otherwise yeah, and you, you will can burn always it. pull your iron away, let everything cool down, and go back to it. Yeah, um, and, and almost always you can fix it. Um, there are, you know, eventually you will lift pads, and even then though you can run jumper wires and things like that. There's this, you it's hard to break to beyond repair. Correct. Um, but it's been done. I've seen it done. I've seen it. Things yeah, broken beyond seen, repair. We've <laughs> but, seen some. some some reddit posts which yeah. you see and you say how can you have achieved that you know without wanting to do it because but hey you know again uh it's understandable too now on that note right so um you spoke before but uh we have to speak about the board that you built the arch 36 right yes so there's a lot of different models that exist probably some very similar to it but why did you decide to make one yourself do it the pcb etc and Full disclosure, I bought one too, and mm -hmm. I still haven't built it, but it's here to build. Um, why did you decide to do your own board? Um, so partly I kind of wanted to, and it's a thought it'd be a fun thing to do. And partly, so I had, it was when I bought the Kyria, I was like, I really like this, and this is great, and I'm, you know, and I loved the amount of stagger it had, because the, the Kyria is not shy about how much it staggers the pinky relative to the other fingers and i don't know about you but if i look at my hands my pinky is a lot shorter than the rest of my fingers <laughs> it makes sense if you look at something like the corn or the ergodox which is an even worse offender there's hardly actually any stagger i mean the total different distance between your longest finger and shortest fingers keys is about 0.5 of a u um which isn't actually very much when you consider that your your pinkies are quite a lot shorter than your um than your ring finger for example and your middle finger um so i really enjoyed the layout and i really enjoyed the thumb cluster it's got like a seven key thumb cluster which is like five positions and then two of them have got keys above them as well in the thumb cluster um and about that same time i was typing on it i thought this is really nice i really like using it and i read a blog post by mr zealot on his Absalom project, um, and he really, really sold the um, idea of all the keys being like one key from home, from your home position, including okay. your thumbs. So I was completely sold, and I looked at his layout and I thought, that's a smart layout. I could probably make that work. And I replicated some of the features of that layout on my carrier and thought, and it started to be like, I don't even know how to use half of these keys now. You know, because half of the keys were kind of unused or didn't touch them because I actually had better ways of accessing stuff. So I stopped really using that outer pinky column where I, where you would normally put things like shift and mm -hmm. control. I just stopped really using it. So I thought, 
I really want to kind of so he yeah basically he had completely sold me on the 36 is the um you know that kind of th three by five with three thumb keys is the per hand is um is the kind of holy grail because ev no finger spare the index finger has to move any more than one unit ever and the index finger only has to do it because it has to do a diagonal which i guess the square root of that is what 1.4 um okay. something like that about 1.4 u movement if you think about it mathematically um but you know your thumb rests on the middle one you move it inwards a little bit for one key outwards a little bit for the other key so i was really sold on that and thought right, i'm going to build so i basically would thought i'd take the same stagger that the Kyria has and a very similar thumb cluster and shift it over a little bit because I found that I had to stretch very slightly on my Kyria that I didn't for the outer for the outermost thumb key which I thought mm, I can't quite I don't want to have to stretch that much so I'm going to bring it in by a little bit bit little bit um, and designed that and put a PCB together and it worked and then I iterated the PCB added OLEDs and things like that um, added underglow for lighting to make it kind of flashy and pretty yeah. um yeah and i really liked it and still really like it it's a, um funnily enough the thumb cluster if you actually now take a kiria from rev 1.1 even and from the first revision or in fact the one before that the so 0.7 the actual thumb clusters overlap almost perfectly now but when i bought it i bought the 0.6 and the thumb cluster was slightly different on the 0.6 and that's where i had the stretching issue which actually is okay. already gone in his newer model um so uh so funnily enough they actually it is almost like a kiria that's just had some keys removed um <clears throat> so it's quite similar in that regard um, funny yeah so but i just wanted to do my own partly yeah well talking about doing it your own right mm -hmm. apparently you have that uh that drive to do things like that so now i wanted to bring up the talk to a totally different topic but again you know yeah you had a situation where you missed a meet in the in leads, in, in, in leads right and you decided to make your own because you know if the meeting if i cannot go to the meeting let the meeting come to me right yes how did that idea come from? How, it, was it, you know, how did you just decide yourself to go, you know what, I'm going to do a meeting myself? Yeah. So what happened? Yeah. As you said, I was, I had a ticket for Leeds. Um, and then about a couple of weeks before the meetup, I'd realized I'd double booked. I had already got plans for that weekend. I wasn't going to just screw over. It was my parents. I wasn't just going to screw over my parents and not see them yeah. when I'd arranged to see them. Um, and I don't see them all that much um so i was like i could you know i said if i did call them up actually i spoke to my parents i said look i've double booked you can you do any other weekend around this time um but if you can't i'll just you know you were booked first so i'll just stick with our original plan and they couldn't so i stuck with the original plan but of course i was like oh i've missed out i was really looking forward to seeing people i've made a lot of good friends on on the mkuk discord um and i really wanted to go and see everyone see people's keyboards just see all the people um and i couldn't go and i was really bummed and i was like well leeds is quite a stretch from me i'm in the southwest i'm in bristol um and why don't we have one in the southwest i know quite a lot of people here who are from around this area um <clears throat> and i said why don't we do it and there was a lot of people going yeah yeah why don't we do it but no one taking the initiative which is standard 
for every, for these things i'm very yes. much like it like that sounds like a really good idea and i was just like look if, I, if no one does this it's just not going to happen um and i'm kind of craving being able to see people and stuff so let's just do it so i'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person yeah. if i want some to do something the only way i convince myself to do it is to just fully commit and then have people rely on me and actually have to do it um so i just said okay i'll i'm gonna make a meetup i just invited people i made a little server where we could discuss it invited people i knew had already also expressed interest said well i'm gonna run this meetup i'm gonna host it where shall we have it bias preference towards bristol Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there were people in Exeter, there were people in Southampton that are kind of not quite southwest, but they're within the kind of catchment area. Um, and I thought we had a little, and I got us put a survey together, like where should, to get people to vote on where to have it. And I did a kind of, I did a select two, first choice, second choice, and then did a um, runoff style vote count. So it's like because everyone, of course, pretty much picked my house and then and then second oh if it couldn't be here where i live then bristol maybe or you know if it couldn't be here and and ultimately yeah it worked out that bristol just pipped it over over brighton as it happened um as a as a as a place and it's good it's a good spot because for the people that we were talking to at the time it was going to be a small thing right maybe 10 people something like that and we were all spread between bristol and brighton and exeter and southampton and places like that so it's quite central to those um and also bristol's are also quite reachable from places like birmingham uh, it's only about an hour on train from birmingham which is west midlands and so we thought that would be a good spot i was starting to work try and work so then i just said let yeah i'm gonna just do it um and went ahead and looked for a venue found something that i was like okay if it grows a little bit it will feel fit if it doesn't it will kind of be okay worked out how many tickets at £10 I needed to sell to reach the venue price um, and thought, is it li- is it likely to get those that many people in? Yeah, on that note, and, and this was my next question, right? So a lot of people think that, oh, you know, it's easy. Let's just post something going like, hey, you guys want to meet? Let's meet and that's it, right? But there's a lot of factors involved, like location, yes. venue space, uh, you know, even to the to the to the detail of like meetup content, is it something that we're just gonna go yeah. and, and just look at each other? Do we want to put more content on it and etc. And and me, again, I was there on Bristol was actually my first meetup. Um, really enjoyed it. But um, can you talk to anyone that would be interested in doing something similar on their own area, right? Um, the whole process. How did it? You know, how long did it did it take to organize all of it? You know, it's from from where you actually then decide, you know what, I'm doing this to when, you know, let's have it already. Any idea that you might have of what could be obstacles that all of a sudden you face that you weren't counting on, etc. Yeah, one second. I'll tell you when I started and when it will be. <laughs> I'll tell you when <laughs> I first said, right, I'm doing this. Um, it was, it would have been about this kind of time, no, a bit, probably a bit before this, probably October time. When was the Leeds meetup? it was the autumn of that year of 2019 anyway um so it was like autumn 2019 it probably took about it took about three months between saying yes i'm gonna do this to actually it happening um and again i think it was just a case of i just made it so i said i was doing it and then i kind of had to do it because i had people riding on it and i 
you know, found a venue that was, and as soon as you start selling tickets, you're like, well, people are going to make sure it has to happen. Correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People have bought as as, tickets yeah. at this point, and I think that's the thing is, I just find it easier. I find it easier to get motivated if I just have to do it because yeah, I've got, sense. you yeah. know, I've got people. Because otherwise, we just put it off and go, oh, yeah, I'd love to have have a meetup in this this area of the country one day, and they'll go, yeah, I would too, and you go, okay. And you just carry on saying that for months on end. Um, so it's just the case of just go, right, I'm doing it. I, like I said, I found a venue that was surprisingly cheap, capacity up to about 40 people. But the price could be covered quite easily with a fraction of that. So um, it meant that I didn't wasn't committing a large amount of my personal finances to the venue because I knew I could probably just about pull that many people together i was yeah. hoping and it surpassed expectations it sold out enough to cover the venue in the first hour yeah um, were you surprised about the amount of very people? Surprised. even even the people like me that came from you know london yeah well other places? so yeah what i was really surprised about i think it's one of those things that once you hit a critical mass it just draws people um so once it a lot of the people who were quite local bought tickets within like the first hour because they were ready for it they were anticipating it so I got, I spoke with David at Mechboards and he put some tickets up on, on his website. I said, give it fifth, give it 40. Um, and, you know, as, as amount in stock and we'll see how many I sell. And I sold out, like I say, enough to cover the venue very in very short order. Um, and then people were like, oh, okay. Other people want to get a going. Oh, well, I'm only, you know, I could get there from where I am. It's not that bad. And I mean, we had, um, people from Germany, people from Correct. Denmark, yes, um, yes. people from London, people from the north, um, you know, proper north. There was people coming down from kind of, again, like kind of Leeds way and, and, and I think even further afield than that. Um, and it was just, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, Jay came and Jay's what Correct. came up yeah. somewhere in the north. Um, and yeah, so I, I, and it just, it just kind of took off and then once you get people then the people are the attractor um, and then i just had to think of ways to um to use the additional money that wasn't the venue um which mostly went on little macro pads to give away yeah, i did themed i did exactly. themed macro pads i did themed launch pads um from josh at space cat um and with a design i put together myself which was like the little silhouette of the um Clipton suspension bridge yeah yeah i have one in front of me actually yeah yeah it's actually my artisan holder at the moment yeah and then interestingly when it came to content i posted that i was hosting it on mkuk and on main keyboard subreddit and things like that you know to try and chill the chill the event get people to buy tickets and come things like that and i had one guy who reached out to me via reddit dms and just said hey i'd like to do a talk on rgb you know programming up your rgb on your qmk powered keyboards with per key stuff um and i thought like, that's really cool okay yeah i think they just they were looking for a reason to to to, to flip to you know practice their um public speaking or something like that i'm guessing um and said they'd do it and i asked around and and as well on the um in the discord and and gouty as well um was willing was willing to do one and he did a very good yeah, uh, thing very good so i mean we had then two talks we had some giveaways because i managed to get stuff donated by various vendors it was cool yeah it and that gave really us some cool. content yeah. and then there was quite a lot of just time for just 
milling around and things like that. It was, yeah, again, it was one of those things where, like with the soldering and like with PCB design, which I didn't touch on, is but another thing which is PCB design is easier than you think as well. It's especially if you're doing um, a program micro footprint or something. It's actually easier, easier than you yeah. think. Um, but again, doing the meetup, it actually went really. It was actually quite smooth and not that hard and like i say i just kind of had to rise to the challenge because i set myself i just put i just cornered myself in you know back myself into a corner and said there now get your you know get yourself out of it now on a note right and this is um, a thing that some people might um, you know look at it in a uh, i don't know i don't want to say the bad way but in a, in a different way of looking at it is that when you see when you say about buying tickets and people saying, oh, but it's a meetup, I just, I'm already spending my money, go there, I'm buying, you know, why should I buy a ticket? Isn't this something that we just could appear? Um, first of all, one of the things that I, I would like to say personally is that you, you need to know how many people uh, are appearing to the meetup, you know, objectively, mm -hmm. because you cannot risk to have a space that fills with 50 people and have 100 appear. And then, just to to make everyone aware right that money goes it's not so we don't organize meetups and we don't charge money to fill our own pockets no correct it, it it's all go it, it all goes into something exactly right so it all goes either first of all to the to the venue space which needs to be paid because it's not free right and then another thing that that i've noticed is that even if there's money uh, that is, you know, again, like you said, you, the venue costs a certain amount of money. If you sell more tickets than that, then you have more money than that. And people might think, oh, you know, you're putting that money on your pocket. No, you guys tend to, you know, get prizes, get giveaways with yeah. that money too, correct? Yes, you do, yeah. And there's a number of reasons as well. So part of the reason, again, for charging is simple thing of supply and demand is if you just, if I said, oh, I'm hosting a meetup, it's free, show up. More people would have showed up probably. More people Correct. would have shown up. Um, you know, I probably could have just, I could have, maybe, I mean, if I had a little bit more disposable income, especially, I could have just bought the venue and told people to show up. And then the kind of one of two things happen. No one get bothers because you have no incentive to shill it like crazy to make sure that you can pay for it. Correct. <laughs> or everyone shows up because it's free. Of course, not free for them. They still have to travel there and so on. But, you know, people just show up and kind of gate crash and there's no they're not themselves invested so i mean i think what we i sold tickets for for 10 pounds a pop um and that you know that worked uh and also the advantage was is i actually knew so i had we were getting close to the number of you know the venue's capacity and i spoke to the venue on the phone and they said well the venue the room we've got you booked in actually has a false removable wall um, okay. And yeah. currently, the room next to it isn't booked out, so I was I was ready if we actually sold out and people were still wanting to buy tickets that I could have increased the capacity, bought out the other room, and made the space bigger. Um, I didn't have to do that because it kind of petered out at that point, um, and then we kind of we organically got to about that forty people um, who who came, um, which is quite good. But I mean, you know, I was in the position of actually I was ready to up that number and and allow people allow more people if that if there was demand for it um, and i could have then afforded to use that money to buy out the other room for the day as well um, so there was a i had a fallback plan but you know my my biggest fear was 
quenched within a day, which was, well, if no one wants to come and I've just, you know, yeah, I made it. Yeah, but made also, you know, I paid only at that, that yeah. point the, 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 the deposit on the venue, I guess I could have cancelled, but you know, those kinds of things. And probably, you know, I'd made, the, I probably could have footed half the bill, you know, and just had a small thing, but you know, it kind of always worked. Um, yeah, I think it's just that people, we like to see each other. We <laughs> There's a lot of people, we speak a lot and we make friends. One of the things I normally say is that we all come in for the boards and we, then we stay because of the people, right? And, yeah. And, you know, for me personally, my experience was that, you know, meetups do help a lot in this because, uh, you know, there's tons of discords and yes, we speak to each other uh, on Discord all the time, but it's not the same thing as when you no. really connect physically with someone, you see the people, right? And And you understand that, you know, First of all, the openness that um, that you know the different type of of enthusiasts that you have on a meetup from the you know high not high end but maybe the more hardcore enthusiast which has the the grail boards and the you know the mm-hmm. things that we like to say that are the end games etc. Up to people like we had in in the meetup that didn't even have a keyboard. And it was uh, their first uh, time shopping. Just, you know, they saw it and it was interesting. It was like, oh, you know, I want to see. Um, but would you say that this is the most important part? Because a lot of people think, oh, you know, meetups, you go there because you need to, you know, you want to test keyboards. But my experience, and I remember from 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 the meetup in Bristol, I, I don't think I tested that many keyboards. I don't really remember what I tested, but I do remember everyone that I met and I spoke to. And yeah. I would say this is the most important part in our community is the people itself. Would you agree on it that? It is. I absolutely agree with that. And I think the thing is, it's like we're mostly nerds. We have a hobby <laughs> that is keyboards. Yes. We're yes. nerds. A lot of us are kind of introverted yeah. and don't necessarily have a lot of friends in the real, you know, the real world, as it were. Um, and maybe we're a bit socially awkward, things like that. If there's a good kind of pretense under which we can just meet up um we we want to meet other people who are like-minded and we might find that difficult with um with yeah just going out who, with other people you know i mean a lot of us have, you know i i have the problem of just you know i don't have a lot of free time i know people from work and i know people from from previous workplaces basically and then I know people online and the fact that now I can kind of convert some of my friends who are online into ones who I meet up with at meetups and then potentially want to meet up with outside of a meetup context just because we're friends at this point and we've met each other in real life and we're not axe murderers um, yeah. <laughs> and actually not that weird you know yeah. we're, all, we're all kind of got our own quirks but you know we're mostly normal people um, <laughs> yeah it's which, funny it's know. funny that you say that because it is that right is that you know a lot of people, and and this for me comes even from good old days of IRC, and you know many many years ago on meetups on IRC. But but that that if you're looking at um, you know a Discord server, you know we always like to joke about, and everyone likes to to say jokes and say bizarre things. And you might not. First of all, you don't get anyone by text. That's one of the first things that when you're reading, it's not the same thing as being having a conversation and seeing the person live, right? But that is what you realize is that, you know, you, a lot of people might think that you go there, oh, this is a, this is going to be a bunch of weird people, right, and, and geeks, 
But no, but then you realize, no, uh, mo you know, everyone is normal. Everyone likes keyboards. So we have a one thing that actually connects us together. But, you know, we're all normal people that just, like you said, we might be more introvert or others more extrovert because, you know, like me, I have no You're issue awesome. on that yeah. social social thing. But I understand that, you know, even not having that issue on socialing, you know, on social meetups and stuff, I also don't, don't make that many friends outside of work, etc. And even at work, you wouldn't consider them really friends, right? It's yeah, just more I mean, people you maybe that one you know. or two are, but yeah, correct. Exactly. Most of the time, you you make a maybe a couple of good friends at work, and then if that, and then you can. But yeah, exactly. I, I can say that even for me, you know, it was uh, through the keyboard hobby that I met people that I consider friends nowadays. You know, and, it, and yeah, it's I funny, too, yeah. right? And it's very curious because you might think, you know, um, I don't know, three years ago, I would never think that this would happen, right? But but like you say, you know, and again, this happens with gaming community, happens with every community. But, but one of the things I, I find about our community, which is very important, is how open it is and how, you know, friendly it is. And I remember myself saying at the time when I went to Bristol, it was like, you know, I don't really have that, you know, TGR to take and, you know, and show mm. Right, and people said it doesn't matter. Bring whatever keyboard you have. It's about being there. It's not about yeah, whatever I keyboard think... you 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 bring. It's not about the keyboard. It's about being there. Right? Yeah, we're very inclusive in a non-pretentious way. Like we're not, we don't. It's just a case of we just accept people for the most part. Like you know, unless Correct. they are themselves not accepting of others. You know, Correct. if they're elitist Correct. or they're you know really abrasive or something, maybe we don't. But for the most part, like. I guess maybe part of it is exactly the thing of you collect keyboards for a hobby. Who are you to judge? Uh, so we're all just quite happy to just, you know, there are so many different people that do all sorts of different work because you'd think everyone in here would be in the IT space or programming or something, but, you know, not everyone is. I mean, there are plenty and they're probably overrepresented to some extent, you know, but, but we're yeah. all just, you know, a lot of people are gamers, I guess, and that's how they got into I tend, it. I tend to joke and, 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 and ask everyone, it's like, let me guess. You're a programmer or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Because, again, it's one of the, uh, I, I guess, yeah, people that type for a living obviously are much more probably are going to go much more into that, into this hobby because of that, because it's one of the things mm -hmm. that they use every day. And so they yeah. actually, you know, but especially on you guys, you weird guys, the Splurgo guys, mm -hmm. you guys are all either, either programmers or stuff like that. And now I know oh, I'm going backwards. to get. I know I'm going to get slammed. Or A and E doctors saying that uh, no. Or A, yeah, and exactly. <laughs> so yeah, right. it doesn't always feel fit, right? But I just, yeah, I think we're just genuinely very accepting people generally, um, of all types of people, all types of personalities. You know, no, it's it's because we're bound by some kind of some kind of common common interest. Um, that we just want to meet up and see each other and we just all have a, yeah. for the most part an enthusiasm for that for that stuff and an enthusiasm for and like i say i think a lot of people in the kind of split world uh, have a massive enthusiasm for the quirky and the weird and the strange um, correct and that correct. goes both for keyboards and for non-keyboard things um we just we we like novelty i think and we like things that just haven't been done before it's like mm -hmm. Again, like I say, we join for the keyboards and then we stay because the of the people, right? It, it, it ends up being that way. Definitely.
Right. Last question of the podcast. Well, not last one, but one of the questions that we also do to every guest, and you know, this could be, uh, you know, how can I say, can can be a double-edged question, but at the same time, you know, on a positive note, if you could change something in the keyboard hobby today, what would it be? You see, I shouldn't have listened to your podcast that you released yesterday um <laughs> with don from the board because i probably would have said group buys the problem is i they're good and bad they have a silver lining they, right they may allow people to get stuff made that they want that other people want that are hard to hit the economy of scale to get the right amount of demand on because we just don't have that you are not mainstream enough um but they create a whole load of problems um, from flipping to, um, you know, just delays, which are horrible. And, yeah. You know, because, you know, when you have a group buy, the group buy is open for, for a couple of months, you know, for people to purchase. That means you're going to realize the demand of that people who saw it within that window and had the means to jump on. Correct. Um, yeah. And, that of course brings with it the FOMO of people actually not having the means to jump in, but they do anyway because they know otherwise they're going to miss their chance. Um, and then, so that is always going to be less than the total demand over the next five years or something, right? Um, so that necessarily does things like drives prices up, which of course it attracts people to just doing it for the sake of flipping, which drives prices up more, which does weird yeah. things, which makes things hard to get hold of. or think, And then I think that feeds into something else that I really don't like, which is elitism, which yeah. is just like, especially with things like limited group buys, it's like, well, I have this board that's one of a kind and there were only 10 made and I've got one of them and, you know, and it's and there's a lot of, you know, elitism in that regard. I think it's not, well, not like the best say, part of the community. Yeah. It's kind of, um, like, and I think, like you say, like you say, elitism even in 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 uh, keycap colors, right? That's yeah. unfortunately we still have a bit of that, but again, that happens in in any uh, society or any culture or any hobby, right? At the same time, but yeah, yeah, there has to. Be. But yeah, but I, but I, I see your point on on the GB side of it. Yeah, elitism is an interesting one because you kind of need something that makes. Um, you have to have a de defining boundary for something. Yeah, I mean, everyone, I think, again, everyone um, likes so to feel example, good about something. So, for example, if you think of like the, the ergo community, for example, is is it elitist to say that's not ergo, whatever keyboard? If someone's bringing a keyboard to, into that part of the community and saying, hey, look at this ergo keyboard, and we go, that's not very ergonomic. Is that elitism or is that definitional? And that's On that note, do you find that? Yeah. Do you find that? Again, and I'm not that connected into, into that side of the mm. community. Do you find that that bit. happens? In, in yeah, the, there is a bit, and some of it's lighthearted. Um, some of it's a joke, you know. We're, we're quite good, you know. The whole rectangle bad thing is—it's a bit of a joke, but ultimately, is you know, it's the point of just. But there are some things, and they have, and the, and people will go, "That's not very ergonomic," because actually, you've got to do this with your hands when you're doing it, or something like that. Um, and, and it's like, well, yeah, it's interesting, but I don't think it's—it's it's certainly not. I don't think it's elitist, but it is. It does have a. It does have a thing that has to, you have to write, draw a line somewhere to make it, this is the ergo community and that's not. Um, yeah. And um, otherwise, what is it? You know, I mean, it's the same with like, what is this, a, is a top ray mechanical, you know, is because you have to have, because otherwise if every, 
if there isn't a line somewhere, then a rub, then a regular boring old Dell rubber dome is a mechanical keyboard by the same, you know, it just yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense. I mean, a, a, a mechanism moves. It's meh. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's basically, so you yeah, have to mechanism. define it in some way, you know, and I think that's the thing with custom keyboards. Everyone always debates over whether it's custom or not and what defines that. I mean, there's not OEM, but then what else is custom? Um, uh, there has to be a line somewhere, but that allows for kind of toxic elitism to creep in. And I don't like that. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. I think, but yeah, I think the Ergo guys, we're all just like, oh, what, you know, throw it, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks um, for the most part. But yeah, I think, yeah. If So if it can't be that because it's already been brought up, then maybe stabilizers. Stable. <laughs> my yes, that I that that's that's again my. being in with the ergo space. We just don't do big keys because everything we do lots of keys. Well, not necessarily lots, but we do. Why does yeah, your thumb only have one key? Yeah. yeah. Why would you give your thumbs, which have a certain amount of range of motion, a single like six point five U key? That seems silly. And stabilizers are annoying, and they're rattly, and they don't feel good, and they <laughs> just yeah. do away with them and have. <laughs> you know four or six keys for you for your, you know three for each of your thumbs what you know why do we give the why do we give two of our digits a single key to look after between them when they could move around and then we make the other fingers move around like crazy it seems yeah, backward it's, and it's then a curious, it's a curious way you of have to have stabilizers it, yeah. yeah and you have to have stabilizers and stabilizers are horrible um no one yes. nobody likes them they're a kind of necessity for larger keys um and yeah, no one makes knows. sense. So, twenty twenty has been this horrible year for everyone, uh, mm -hmm. human malware and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, what's next for Obosol? So, you know, um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure. I probably I want to get some of these designs I've got sitting on the back burner done. I maybe want to iterate the Arch thirty six one more, at least one more to maybe address a couple of little things that I have noticed about it that would be good to fix mm -hmm. or maybe enhance. You, um, you spoke about, about you know, being a software engineer. Are you working currently on anything related to keyboards in terms of firmware, stuff like that? Um, I've played a bit, but I have not been very... In it, but I'm kind of on the pulse of what's going on with the ZMK or ZMK, because they're probably Americans who have put it together. Um, mechanical keyboard. Well, it's a wireless version of the firmware that was mm -hmm. to run on things like the Nice Nano, which is a little what Bluetooth chip, um, which is Pro Micro drop-in replacement, but it's wireless. Um, so, yeah, which but no, I'm not cool. working hugely on myself, not not in earnest on any of the firmware stuff. Like I say, I got get involved every now and then and help put stuff stuff together. So. My little corded keyboard that I plan on making, the one-handed thing, will probably need me to hack together on the top of the, probably on the top of the engine that sits in the Ginny, um, to put together the, the a key map for that, things like that way, if I, if I get around to actually making it. Um, but yeah, I think probably just from the keyboard side of things, is probably bar, do a bit of iteration on the Arch 36 design, um, maybe give it a on off switch and be it so that you can have an like a native battery for wireless use if you want if you want to be able to build it wirelessly because at the moment there's no on off maybe maybe pick up the rs36 uh change a bit the layout to be a bit staggered and put a 6.25u 
Yeah, one middle. I'd like to make a one. I'd make. I'd like to make a fixed split or a unibody split, as some people might call it. At some like point. a staggered, a staggered split. Like a split that, like a normal column stagger, but just shove it. To, but where both halves are stuck together, like an atrius. Or... Oh, I so see what you mean. I see what you mean. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And, and make that into a thing. Although it's that would be so similar to the Absalom, I might just buy an Absalom and put a case around it or something like that. Because I think it'd be they're more, um, they're more, they're probably a little more portable because there's just one piece. Yeah, but, but like that. you said, you know, you guys like to experiment to make new things, and yeah, that's a, yeah. You know, that's, that's so like that. I, I need to actually finish my. You you will have seen at the meetup my. Um, I've got a what's called a GG, which is a Georgie, but it's got but dished like a manuform, big a three D printed mm -hmm. thing with. Yeah. I still haven't finished that. It's the one that I spray painted purple. <laughs> yeah. um, I still haven't finished hand wiring it because hand wiring those things is horrible. I still, I still need to go through that, through that ritual of hand wiring a board. You know, everyone. It's not only just hand wiring a board, but it's hand wiring a board that is contoured like that, and also Correct. a really, it's also a really small one. So it's a really small working space to get your iron in. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and they're an absolute dog to, to do. So I have been putting that off, and I've also got um, something called an ergo warp. Is that what? No, it's called hyper warp, which is a. Um, which is another one. It's similar to the manuform. Another one like that that, um, that I've got here that I haven't built yet. Otherwise, I've got a bunch of things to build um, when I can buy switches again. But at the moment, I'm not buying anything. Um, yeah. So everything's a bit on hold. But I don't know. Um, yeah, get to a meetup when everyone comes up again. Yeah, when we which... get when we get to to be able to go into one. I, I think everyone is is eager we are to, go eager to go into yeah. one. Yeah, it's been a bit of a difficult year that way. Because I remember back in January when I was putting this meetup on, I, there were people that were concerned that um, it was too close to the London, too one. close to the London one, which was going to be in March. Yeah, two much two months later, um, that it might kind of drain some of the the blood. Oh, I've going to Bristol. I don't need to go to London as well. Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, either for financial reasons or whatever, but honestly, I think more people were like, "Yeah, let's go to London as well." Yeah, I think. I think. I, it's, I don't think yeah. I've met anyone who's who came to Bristol who also wasn't planning on going to the London one. Yeah. And um, even that. Now, and even if people, again, like we spoke before, but even if people were on that mindset before, when they go to a meetup, and if it's their first meetup and they're not sure, and they probably think, "Oh, you know, I'm going to go into this one, not going to the other one." I think a lot of people, then when they go, they realize, "Oh, yeah, this is what we've been missing. You know, this is a really cool thing. I want to go to the next one." Right, then. Yeah, and of course there were of course people who couldn't come to the Bristol one because of t dates or distance Correct. or whatever who Correct. are going to go to the London one, and then you want to go and see those people too because again, it's not you're not there for the boards really. Correct. Yeah, the boards exactly. are a vehicle for 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 meeting the people. Um, and yeah, I think it was just, but now of course that whole concern is all gone because the entire meetup's been postponed yes, twice yes, effectively yes. at this point. Um. And 2020 has been a write-off, <laughs> and I think I just yeah we all crave some social contact with yeah, keyboard. I think and everyone Otherwise, does. I think. I think everyone. Um, what well, well, one of the things that have been helping, I guess, everyone again is, is Discord. You know, and being yes, able it to, has been. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been some activities. There's been some activities in terms of of um, you know virtual meetups with Clack Fancy and even Kiko yeah. this year doing it. Uh, it's not the same thing, obviously, but but it's still a very cool thing to 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 do to to do and to join, right? Because you end up, uh, you know, having video talking to people. It's 
you know, it's still still important to, to do, I guess. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing is, is again, is Discord's definitely helped me with this. I've had some stuff going on throughout the year that I can't talk about that's made my life difficult. Um, and the people I've spoken to about it are all friends from this community. Yeah, um, it definitely is. People who I've met me. in real life since, but I've just, they're just, these are, you know, I've got now people who I would definitely consider proper friends, you know, who I would, who, who who will check in on me if they think something's wrong, or I'll check in on them, who I will go, if I could, if it wasn't for COVID, I would go just where, you know, to where they live or to where we, or they could come to where I live and just go out for drinks completely Correct. without a meetup. Yeah. Things like that. Just, there is, a, I've made some, some real genuine friends through this community and that has really helped through this whole COVID thing yeah. having people who you can talk to who you can VC with all those kinds of things that's voice chat for people who aren't aware um, if they're listening um, and it's just been that's been a massive help um, to me personally to have those people around um, definitely and yeah right only thing left to do is to thank you so much for joining. Thank you for for this uh, this time. And uh, guys, um, again, thank you so much for for listening. Uh, reminder: we have um, we have a, a, um, a Twitter account where you can follow us at the talk, where you can be notified whenever a new episode is live. Uh, I'm going to talk to Obasab after the 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 recording. Get some some links. Um, to put on the show notes from for him uh, again, Obel. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. And you know, guys, you have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries, man. Pleasure.